Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Okay, so today I'm going to talk to you uh, on the Year of the Table Part 2. Last week we had the, our anointing services, and I don't know if you know this, but we've been praying for people, um, different uh, areas in their lives, but particularly praying for healing and miracles. And uh, we've had probably in the last 18 months, I would say at least four couples come to be known with oil who are having infertility issues, who are now either had babies or having babies. At least four couples. At least four couples. And also in our church in Zambia as well, and twice with one couple, uh, just absolutely miraculous. And you need to know, right, everybody, um, this just is not happening in the community. It just doesn't happen. Uh, but for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, uh, you begin, we're, I don't want to say I'm used to seeing miracles, but uh, Pastor Spencer and I will often have a chat and go, did you know this is happening in their life? Did you know this breakthrough is happening? Did you know they got healed? And we often say to one another, this just does not happen out in people's lives, out in the world. It just, we don't hear people saying, well, this happened in my whole life. But we need to understand that when you serve the Lord, He's a supernatural God. Come on, God is a supernatural God. He's a miracle-working God. And what He looks for is us to place our faith in Him. And when we do, which is what I did for four decades, and you've heard me say, so when I were young teenagers, gave our lives to the Lord, got married, and then we held hands and said, well, God, we hope you're real. We didn't, we didn't have a Christian heritage. And uh, hope your Bible's true. <laughs> hope this works. Don't know if it does, but, well, we're, you know, you've touched our hearts. We're going to now uh, begin to apply your word and follow you. Held hands, went to church every week after that. Well, as I said, from four decades, I can tell you now, God is true. God is true. And, uh, and so last night I was praying again at uh, Centerpoint Church down in s- the south of Perth and had all couples coming out also praying for them. So I'm believing for a harvest of babies at Centerpoint Church because God is a miracle worker. And James chapter 5 says, if you have people who are sick, have an infirmity, uh, call the elders and anoint them with oil that they might be healed. Everybody, if you have an ongoing sickness, can I just encourage you, be on the order call every week. And uh, we will anoint you with oil every week. We will believe... According to James 5, that you will be healed in Jesus' name. You will get tired before we do. <laughs> but you've got to persist. And sometimes we give up too soon rather than going, I'm going to persist with this, and I'm going to keep putting my faith in God and in His ability to heal me. So, um, but we need to just keep taking a note of all the things that are happening because there's so many things that are happening in people's lives that really are, can I just say this, outrageously supernatural. Outrageously supernatural. So uh, that's my four decades. May it be your four decades in Jesus' name. But this year, the theme the Lord's laid on our heart, and I think it's uh, absolutely right. The Lord's just continued to confirm it to me over and over again and to our team, really, that uh, particularly coming out of this season we've had and the world's having, is that God's calling us to come together to His table. But hello, firstly, the table of the Lord, but then also interconnection with one another. And I think right now the, on the planet, people are vulnerable. Never before have people been so vulnerable in our lifetime. I don't think they have. I think this is such a vulnerable season. And uh, people are also realizing, I don't know if you're realizing, but people are realizing they're not in control. 
They're not in control. And many places you're being told what to do by governments. But you're also realizing your life is short and your health is fragile, right? Your health is fragile. Your life is short. We're not in control of anything. Ultimately, um, I think probably in days gone by, a lot of people think they were. But we're seeing, hang on, we're not in control. And, uh, and I, for one, found out many years ago, I need God. <laughs> and, uh, and God came into my life. And the weak person that I was, I'm not that person anymore. I'm strong in God and strong in life. But God wants to uh, strengthen you. But I think the power of it is that we come to Him and then gather together. Because when Jesus wanted to give us spiritual truth and give us understanding, He did it with a meal, which is amazing. So so many times uh, when Jesus was trying to tell the disciples something or teach something that we would glean from, He'd do it with a meal. And uh, John 21, which I touched on the other week, which is so incredible, Jesus had suffered, persecuted, Uh, One translation of the Bible says he was marred beyond human likeness with what he went through on the cross. So Jesus was beyond even looking human. The Passion, if you saw the movie The Passion, it was the light version of what Jesus went through. And then in John 21, when the disciples are devastated, shattered, full of fear, um, broken, uh, totally disappointed, Jesus has been uh, killed, And they're out fishing and once again catching nothing. And Jesus appears on the shore, risen from the dead. And they can't even recognize him, can't even recognize who he is. And Jesus' opening line to them in John 21 is, hey, come and have breakfast. (laughs) Like the Son of God, his opening line with their stress and broken. Jesus, hey, come and have breakfast, guys. And they're like, huh? Who is it? And Jesus is calling them immediately into, let's hang together. It's okay, guys. I'm here. I'm alive. And I'm risen and begins to minister to them once again in their place of futility. Can I encourage everybody right now? Every person here will have areas in your life of futility. Every person. I've had seasons growing up in a broken family where my dad was an alcoholic and my, my mom's family was all wealthy and educated. My dad's family was all poor and problems and alcoholism. My goodness, that childhood was filled with futility. I felt trapped in my childhood and I felt like I can't get out of this situation and this complex family situation of wealth and poverty and... Uh, and then when I became a Christian, or before I became a Christian, I had a revelation that the Bible actually taught that God was the God of hope. That was the biggest thing I'd ever heard, that you're going to have hope, and that God could give you His hope, supernatural hope. And, uh, and also, this was incredible, that God could change your life. What? I was like, this is crazy. Are you telling me the Bible says God could change my life? bring breakthrough, bring change, give me hope. And as I'm reading the Bible, before before I became a Christian, I was like, wow, that's an incredible promise. I hope it's true. And as I said to you, after four decades, everybody, I can tell you it's true. And God got me out of futility. That was where I was banging my head against a brick wall. And I'm telling you now, if I did not come to God, I think, you know, I may have had a job. I don't think my life would have been good at all. But I want to tell you, God has got me out of a futile life 
and futile thinking, thinking that leads nowhere, to a life and to a future that happened because I came to his table. Everybody, if you've got futility in your life right now, and everybody will have some area, can I encourage you? Come to the table of the Lord. Come to his table firstly, which is what this table represents uh, today as well, is come to the Lord's table first. The Lord is waiting to have breakfast with you. <laughs> the Lord is w- uh, waiting to eat with you in your futility. And he's waiting to minister to you. Uh, some of my best times actually are walking by the beach. I love to have a walk by the beach and just talk to the Lord. And then I'll find a spot and I'll just sit quietly and I wait to hear from the Lord. I've got a favorite chair at home as well. Who, all the guys, let me see the men. What men have got a favorite chair? There's an anointing on men for a favorite chair. That's usually due to the fact that women never sit down. <laughs> They're the incredible servants in the house. But the men have a favorite chair. I hope my wife's not listening to this. <laughs> but I'll f- sit in my chair to hear from the Lord. Let God speak to me because, you know, uh, I, may be, I may have some wisdom, but I haven't got his wisdom. And I need to continue to hear from God, hello, by coming to his table, his presence, sitting with him and saying, Lord, speak to me. And I think the amount of times that God has dropped a thought into my heart, something into my life that's got me out of a futile situation and back on the road to breakthrough and to blessing in Jesus' name. So, um, so Jesus' simple invitation was about restoration for the disciples in that terrible place of futility. Everybody, if you've come in with futility, God's giving you an a invitation to restoration from that today in Jesus' name. You know, in Judaism, uh, there's a, a word called mitzvah, which was when you show hospitality to strangers. And it's really a great theme uh, in Judaism because it's once again really the theme of the Gospels that Jesus has called us who were strangers to him, hello, to come into relationship and come into where he begins to feed us and bless us and sow into us. Then Jesus saves us for those who became believers. And then he says, now I want you to uh, uh, be involved in mitzvah, welcoming the stranger, welcoming the person who is uh, fut- feeling fut- futile in their life. Welcome the broken person. Right now, out in our community here, there will be that many people right now who are feeling lost, feeling confused, feeling futile, feeling disconnected, asking themselves, is this all there is in life? Here's the answer. No, that's, this is not all there is. When you live in God's purpose and God's plan, I want to tell you, you wake up every morning alive. Every morning of my life, I wake up alive because I'm walking in that purpose and plan. But there were people when I was a stranger and my family was a stranger who reached out to us when we were hungry and needy, both actually physically and spiritually. And they they were involved in mitzvah, welcoming the stranger who was hungry into connection, firstly actually with them and then with God. So I want to encourage you this year. We're called to minister to strangers. We're called to reach out to people who have got no healthy connection, who are lost in their heart and their life. And I want to pray over us at Global Heart Church that that will be what we are like. Hey, we're in reaching out, we're inviting, we're connecting. Um, I'm really honoring my wife at the moment because uh, Sue's still struggling with this hearing condition. 
And, uh, but yet she's like ministering to our neighbors because she can do the one-on-one and she can do the quiet situations. And so she's going to the neighbors and ministering, taking food. And I stand out the front of the houses with baskets that she's prepared things. <laughs> I'm the basket boy. In <laughs> and Sue's taking things in. I'm like, this is so wonderful because she's understanding the power um, of ministering to people bringing mitzvah, food and health and encouragement to uh, our neighbors. And I think, wow, this is an incredible ministry. And uh, I think the fruit of that in fullness will be seen in the years ahead. But, you know, we need to recover the importance of gathering as believers. We need to recover the importance of that because that is the early church. And they would gather for meals. They would gather together under persecution, under challenge. You know, uh, you don't need a lavish spread to be hospitable. A lot of people go immediately to, oh my gosh, best you girls. Oh my gosh, I don't cook, I can't do anything. Listen, it's not about a lavish spread, it's about a lavish heart. It's about a lavish heart. And it's amazing how you can be at a table and somebody give you a cup of soup in Jesus' name with love and blessing, and it can be an incredible night, an incredible hangout time with a cup of soup. It's actually not about the food. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. So don't go into panic mode, everybody. We're thinking, oh, I'm going to invite somebody to go do a three-course meal. If anyone has to do that, it's my wife. No, no, no. You don't need to do that. You just got to go, what's my heart? I need to, I need to love somebody. What, the, what meal have I got now? I have got soup in the cupboard. By the way, you can buy some awesome soups now that are already pre-made. Wow. Anyway, little, little ad for Coles. Anyway, <laughs> but it's all the heart, right? And you can minister to people at the beach, at a cafe, in your backyard. You know, we can minister and be bringing, hello, the table of the Lord to people. But it doesn't have to be some lavish event that we all freak out over. You know, the Bible says if you want to have friends, show yourself to be friendly. Bible says, if you want to have friends, show yourself to be friendly. Sometimes we think, well, no one's my friend, and I got nobody calling me for soup, and I got nobody inviting me out. Well, we got to realize, hang on, there may, be, there may be something we might need to make a change in. You know, if I got to, I've got two banks. If I got to Bank West as one of my banks, I'm doing ads for everybody today. But if I got to Bank West, right, and I go up to the teller in Lakeside and say, hey, went to my account, um, what's wrong with you guys? My account's empty. Who knows what the teller's going to say to me? They're going to say, Mr. Keen, the reason your account is empty is you have not made a deposit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so when you make a deposit, you'll find you can make a withdrawal. Some of us haven't got relationships with friends or family or whoever and we just talk about our empty account. We're like, I can't believe it. It's like we're at the ATM, bashing the ATM. Give me some money. Some of us are bashing people. Give me some relationship. <laughs> when really we need to say, you need to make a deposit. You need to make a deposit. You want to get invited to a meal? Make 10. If you're a farmer, if you're a farmer, right, it's a hot dirty job farmers we thank god for farmers in australia thank god for them absolutely lord bless them but it's a sweaty dirty job 
when you got to, you know, re-sow all the soil, put it in the ground, everything, it's dirty work. But then after the rains, in the right season, they get a harvest. Everybody, sometimes relationships are like that. It's like, hang on, you're just putting in, you're putting in, you're sowing, you're making soup, I don't know, you're making a meal, you're doing this, and nothing's coming back. I want to encourage you, the Bible says, if you sow, you will reap. And the Bible says, in due season. What does that mean? God says, at the appointed time, if you make a deposit into other people, in due season, you'll reap a harvest. And blessing will come back to you. It might take months. It might take years. I don't know. But I know this. I've got to not look at what I'm sowing. I've just got to thank God for the harvest that will come at the appointed time. So, so don't live your life, everybody, with, I'm sure I took you for three coffees. I don't think I ever got a coffee back from you. Um, yeah, I paid for dinner last time. Mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I paid for dinner last time. Everybody, if you want to stop the flow of blessing, start doing that. Jesus says if somebody asks for your shirt, give them your coat too. Well, not that you need one in Perth, but anyway. <laughs> Somebody asked for your shirt. So I, here it is. I give you that. I sew that. I sew that. And if anything ever comes back to you, somebody says, can I get you a coffee? Just go, oh, what a bonus life I live. Because today a coffee comes. Don't count what you don't get. Just rejoice when you do get. <laughs> Be blessed. And then Jesus says the outrageous thing. It's better to give than receive. He is radical, right? And we're all like, better to give than receive. Are you kidding me? Actually, Jesus is teaching us that actually real joy is actually found in giving. It's actually where real joy is found. But it's definitely nice when you get that free coffee too. That's good. So even, Je <laughs> you know, even Jesus, when he was with the disciples, as I said, he would teach them from a meal. He would sit with them and then talk from a meal. And then the Last Supper, where Jesus had them break bread and share wine, he was saying that this is representing my broken body and shed blood. And so he was trying to tell them, listen, guys, I am going to be crucified. This is what's going to happen. But in the future, share the bread, take the wine, and do it in remembrance of me. Remember me and remember what I've done for you. And so everything with Jesus was teaching us too that the heart of Christianity is, uh, you know, that it's blessed to be broken. That's one for us as Christians. It's blessed to be broken. If you've been broken in your life and broken as a Christian, it's a good thing because it produces humility. That produces, I need you, Lord. And being blessed and being broken and given and giving is the heart of the Christian story. It's the heart of the Christian life, in fact. So, a Global Heart Church, let's give. And if it doesn't come back, let's give again. And if nobody thanks us, let's do it anyway. <laughs> in Jesus' name. The table is meant to be a place of blessing and love.
giving and receiving. And, uh, you know, i got to honor my wife because Sue has absolutely done that for me and the boys and our beautiful daughter-in-laws is that Sue and I did not have that. We did not, we never sat at a table. All my friends here this morning, I know you're here. I never sat at a table. I never sat at a dinner table and people said, how are you? How's your day? We never had any of that. And I don't think Sue had that uh, too much either. She might have sat there, you know, it was more like what you did. But my wife's created such a beautiful um, place. And she always says to me, I want our home and our table to be a soft landing place for our boys. And now our beautiful daughter-in-laws and our amazing little grandson. She goes, I want it to be a place where they're a soft landing for them to be blessed. They come home and they're blessed and they're loved and, you know, and they want to come. Not, you guys haven't visited your parents lately. Where are you? What are you doing? Why haven't you rung me? Listen, everybody, that's not how it's meant to go. We're meant to create something so that our children and friends want to come, not, hey, you have to. And, uh, <laughs> and the only time that I, look, i got to repent on that because I did do that with Nathan. <laughs> so when, when Nathan got married, him and Kerry got married, and then we just didn't see them, right, for a while. That's, I think it's called a honeymoon. Anyway. <laughs> but... And then I, we were used to them being around all the time. So then I started texting Nathan. Nathan, we're not seeing you. Where are you? And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Nathan says, text me back, Dad, we'll get there when we can. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. We haven't had dinner. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I, you're usually here. And then, and then Nathan goes, Dad, I'll get back to you. We will come soon. And then the next one, Dad, Nathan texts me, Dad, I think this is called stalking. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And then he texted me and he said, Dad, you have texted me 14 times. It's definitely stalking. <laughs> and I went, I have not. Then I counted them. I went, oh, yeah, it is 14 times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> but, you know, I had to realize then, too, he's a new family. They're their own family now. And, uh, and hopefully we've loved them enough and, you know, so anything enough that they want to come to our table, not be forced to our table. Parents, love your kids now that they want to come to your table, not that they're forced to the table. Because you're like, you haven't rung me since January 4th. What's happening here? Like, that is not creating a table in your family, let alone creating a table in the house of the Lord where people are coming because it's inviting. And they're wanted and they're loved. By the way, everybody, you're invited and you're wanted and you're loved. Come on, you're invited and you're wanted and you're loved in Jesus' name. Did you know food is a love language? Well, it's certainly one of my love languages anyway. <laughs> but food is a love language. And you can show people love through food and through hospitality. Hospitality gifted people, this is your year. Come on, where's all the hospitality people? This is your year. Your year to let loose with your gifts. Because um, you, are, you are an incredible blessing, all the hospitality gifted people. And I want to encourage you, go hard in 2021. Because the Lord is going to use you. Did you know that God made you with 10,000 taste buds? You get 10,000 taste buds. Like not 1,000, not 10, 10,000 taste buds. God could have made food just fuel. He could have just made it fuel, no taste. But God is giving you taste buds. Why? Because I think it's part of the whole deal of um, enjoyment. And, you know, enjoying food, enjoying people, what happens around the table. God's made it, like, so special. It's like a, a great expression of His love that He's saying, I want you not only to enjoy the people, enjoy the food, let the whole deal be rich for you. 
And uh, so God's given us all those taste buds. Let me see all the seafood people. Where are you? Seafood, let me see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seafood. Oh, seafood's good. Okay, where's all the meat people? Oh, my gosh, it's like Carnival City here. <laughs> it's like Carnival City, meat people. Okay, where are all the salad people? Let me see you. The salad people. Oh, there's quite a lot of you. Very healthy, very healthy. All right, all the carbohydrate people. <laughs> Not a lot of keto happening here. Anyway. <laughs> okay, all former, former carbohydrate addicts. The rest of you are like, I'm still addicted. Okay. I love carbs, eh? Carbs are important. Oh, they're all yelling at me. Where are the dessert people? Oh, my gosh. I wish I had that many hands for salvation at the end of a service. Woo, like revival head. <laughs> wow. All right, this is a sweet-hearted church. <laughs> Everybody, I'm just saying it again too. The table is a place to remember. Parents, with your children, remember. With your friends, remember. With your friends, talk. We need to write down everything that God's doing, the little things and the big things. Write them down. But we need to tell our children, God has been good to me. God has been good to us. Psalm 78, again, I will open my mouth with a parable. A lot of the hidden things, things from old, things our ancestors have told us, will not hide them from their descendants. Listen to this. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. Come on, tell your kids the wonders the Lord has done. Tell your grandchildren the wonders God has done. Sue and I are not from Christian backgrounds. All you guys who are from Christian backgrounds, yay. Be blessed. Be, be blessed and grateful, you know. But for those of us, Sue and I came from, both of us, from messes. We were in a mess. And now God has given us a message. Amen. But we're in a mess. And so already we look and go, wow, look, Lord, how far you brought us. In case, everybody, you think that walking with God is just spiritual, it's not. God takes you to the promised land and takes you to healing emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, and physically. I met people, oh my gosh, I've met people who are so well off financially, but devoid of everything else. You can have the money and be broke. What is it if you've got a house and a car, but your heart and life is broke? God wants us fulfilled in all areas of our life. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you're not yet a Christian, get ready because God wants to minister to you and make you rich in all areas. Come on, God wants to make you rich in all areas. But you've got to tell your kids, tell your, your children, God's been good to us. God has changed our lives and God has healed us in Jesus' name. I like um, in the Celtic tradition, all the Irish people, who are Scots, you know, um, they have a, a thinking, I love it, it is where they talk about the veil between heaven and earth is exceedingly thin at certain times, and they call it the thin places, I love it, it's the space between the transcendent and the commonplace where it becomes really narrow, and uh, they're saying it's a place that's not, you don't get it by the five senses, it's it's like a spiritual knowing of encountering God. I think this is what this is meant to be in the house of God. 
and in, the fam- in your family where there's that touch of heaven on your home and that touch of heaven when you fellowship with your friends and when you invite people to God's table, there's this transcendent thin place occurring where there's not much between heaven and earth and you're experiencing God's presence at that place in Jesus' name. So everybody, let's make room at the table, not just for those that we love and know already, but for those that we don't know and love already in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus, as I said, he would have a meal and would teach from the meal. But he also had had times where his uh, table choices got him in trouble. (laughs) Jesus actually knew about this. He talked about the fact that he had a reputation with the religious. Let me read it to you. He said this by his own admission in Matthew 11. He said, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, he's a gluttonous man and a heavy drinker, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, and yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. They were saying of Jesus, because he ate with sinners, Oh my gosh, you're a glutton, you're a wine-bibber, you're a heavy drinker, you're a drunkard. Um, You're a friend of tax collectors who are ripping off the people. You're a friend of sinners. Good to know, everybody, that Jesus comes to the table of the sinner. Jesus comes to you. If you right now go, well, I've gone too far in my life. I could never know God. God could never come to me. Listen, you're one of the key people Jesus came to. He came to. He came to the prostitute. And Jesus doesn't look at what you do. He looks at why you do it. So when Jesus came to the, the prostitute, Jesus saw she's probably, she's probably suffered uh, sexual abuse as a child. She's probably suffered domestic abuse. She's probably had violence. She's probably had poverty. Jesus knows that she's doing it uh, not because, hey, I've set out to be this woman. No, he knows she's doing it because she suffered. So Jesus comes to all of us who are in sin because m- much of it is coming from a place of low self-esteem abuse or neglect or suffering and Jesus comes to you and everybody right now if you were if you were to go if you think in your own life behind the scenes you'll see that if you're involved and got some kind of addiction or some kind of uh, sin thing that's got a hold of you it will most probably be because of abuse or neglect and so Jesus says I want to come to the table of your heart the table of your life and I want to bring you healing and hope and begin to restore your heart, your mind, and your life. But because of that, the religious people said, oh, you're a drunkard. Oh, you're a friend of tax collectors. Oh, you're a friend of all the sinners. All your friends are sinners. And Jesus basically says, let me be vindicated by my deeds. Wisdom will eventually vindicate. And that's what we always got to realize, everybody. Don't judge things too soon. Let time be the judge of people and of situations. So Jesus chose connection with the most lost people. He didn't cancel people. (laughs) He didn't name call people. Jesus didn't call you a name, didn't call me a name. He didn't cancel us because of our failings. He didn't reject us because of our sins. In fact, he said, let's eat. Let's eat. Let's hang out. Jesus is saying to you today, let's eat. Let's hang out. Come and be with me because I certainly want to be with you. Jesus actually even had... Judas Iscariot at the dinner table with him. The very person who would betray him to the Pharisees and to the uh, Sanhedrin, the religious people that he might be crucified. Jesus has his betrayer at the table. 
God, can, can you believe it? He knows Judas is going to betray him. And yet he's got him at the dinner table. And uh, Judas, who was the one when uh, uh, Mary poured the perfume on Jesus' feet, and then with her hair, she was, you know, drying his feet. She's worshiping this expensive, expensive, expensive per- perfume. And Judas Iscariot goes, this should have been given to the poor. How can she do this? It should have been given to the poor. And he said it as somebody who never gave anything. Because the scripture teaches us that Jesus, knowing that he was actually a thief, <laughs> he was actually a thief and stealing from the money bag that Jesus used to finance his ministry and to help the poor, Judas was stealing from it, and Jesus actually gave him the job of being in charge of the finances. Now, you need to just think that through. The very sin that he had, Jesus says, Jesus didn't say, hey, you're a sinner. I know that you're stealing. He goes, hey, I'll just put you in charge of the finances. Jesus is always giving us opportunities to get things right. And sometimes he'll use people or a situation to actually push up, bring up our issue. Not to condemn us, not to hurt us, but to say, hey, there it is. But you need to get that right. You need to give that to me. And, uh, and he also says in Matthew 26, he said, uh, the one who dips their bread when I dip mine is the one who betray me. Jesus was already saying he's in the room. But in Matthew 26, 50, when they came to arrest Jesus in the garden, Judas had been given 30 pieces of silver for, for dobbing Jesus in and dobbing in where he was. And once again, he had a money problem, had a greed problem. Greed will kill everything God's trying to do in your life. It'll kill everything God's trying to do in your life. And so this greed problem, and I love it because when he came into the garden to betray Jesus, Jesus was about to suffer the cruelest persecution, cruelest death, listen, for you. Only, otherwise, you could just go to heaven for being good and selling cookies to nice people who need cookies. <laughs> the only, Jesus was about to suffer that horrible persecution death so you could have salvation. The only way you can be saved is through Jesus' blood, his sacrifice on the cross. And Jesus says to Judas, friend, why have you come? He says, friend, to the one betraying him, why have you come? (laughs) Jesus was giving Judas one last opportunity to repent and get it right. He was giving him one last minute. Even up to then, Jesus still gave Judas free will and still didn't exclude him and go, oh my gosh, I'm the son of God. And now you've come to betray me. He says, friend, why have you come? Even now, I give you the opportunity at the hour of my greatest distress to get your heart and life right. Everybody, how much more will God give you grace and love for your life? How much more is God saying, friend, 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 friend? doesn't matter what you've done. Just come to me. Just come to me. Just come to me. Let me say that again. He's saying, friend, doesn't matter what you've done. Just come to me. There's another opportunity. Just come. Just come. Come for the first time. Come for the first time. The table with Jesus is a place of forgiveness. It's also a place of giving. Christine Pohl, who wrote a book called Making Room, 
recovering hospitality as a Christian tradition said, a a shared meal is the activity most closely tied to the reality of God's kingdom, just as it is the most basic expression of hospitality. Let me say that again. A shared meal is the activity most closely tied to the reality of God's kingdom. Everybody, the table of the Lord, and I pray the table of Global Heart Church, is where broken sinners can find welcome, find inclusion, find connection, find belonging, and find family. The Bible says that God sets the lonely in families. Listen, everybody, the lonely is you. Not a select group of, oh my gosh, poor lonely people. All of our hearts will be lonely until we are in relationship with our Father and actually in relationship with God's people. And God says, I set the lonely in families. So what does that mean? No longer we have to chase drugs. No longer we have to chase alcohol. No longer we have to chase food. No longer we have to chase addiction. No longer we have to chase pornography. No longer we have to chase sin. No longer we have to have another affair. Your heart will be so filled with relationship with me and with my family that the enemy will be kept at bay from you and your life and from your children in Jesus' name. As we come to the last thought, can we stand up? The table of the Lord this year at Global Heart Church is a forerunner to the coming feast, everybody. It's a forerunner to the coming feast. The Bible teaches us that at the end of time, the Bible says in Isaiah 25, there's a day when all that is wrong will be made right. Wow. There's a day when all that is broken will be made whole. Isaiah says there's going to be an extravagant meal. Well, the book of Revelation says this. So if we think this is the table of the Lord in this life is good, Revelation 19 says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of many thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give glory for the marriage of the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? That's God. Hello, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, has come and His wife, His bride, who's that? The church, us, has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then He said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And He said to me, These are the true sayings of God. Everybody, in the end, we will be called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. My name, my, my decision to follow Christ was such a major thing for me. It was not a small thing. I wasn't like, oh, I'll just pray a little prayer. No, I thought about it logically. I was only at the end of my teenage years. I was logical about it. I thought about Jesus' impact on the world, history, music, culture, changing lives, changing continents, governments founded on the principles of the Bible. I, it was a logical decision. So when I made that decision, which was February 17, 1981, Never forgotten it. Tuesday night, about 8.20. I prayed that, and I knew that night, I didn't read this scripture then, but I knew that night when I prayed that prayer, that I would open my heart to God, that that night Jesus Christ forgave me. I had a lot to be forgiven of, and I knew I'm forgiven. The next day when I woke up, I knew I'm going to heaven. I knew it. I knew it. This is how you know you're saved. There is a revelation that comes to you by the Spirit of God 
that you're in. <laughs> I'm in. I didn't have to try it. I didn't have to work for it. I just woke up and the Lord was like, you're forgiven and you're coming to my great marriage supper of the Lamb. Think of the best party you've ever been to, best meal you ever had. I've been to some nice restaurants around the world. Think of the best one you've been to. They're going to be like nothing compared to the one that God has prepared for you and I. They're going to be like nothing compared to the one that God has prepared for you and I. Life is so short. People leave the planet like that. Boom, 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 boom. We all think we're all here forever, right? We plan as if we're here forever. Life is like that. People living, pieces of people in Perth dying now, going, leaving the planet. Boom, 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 boom. Real life is eternal life. This is our short passing through. And in this life, I want to encourage you, don't waste it because you've been created and designed with a great purpose. God wants you to help you to find it. But the greatest thing you can do is understand I'm making peace with God now so that I'm at the party. <laughs> the Bible says, I has not seen, ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love Him. God has prepared something so good, something so amazing, something so incredible for you. And here's the good news. You are welcome today to His table. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.